welcome to week seven of the Extra Point Podcast. I'm Matt Templemarsh. I'm back. I'm bringing it out. I'm back with the amazing Ross Williams. Once again, three winners from yourself, Ross. Back it up this week. I like it. I like it. Yeah, three out of four <laughs> last week. Uh, my best week, I think, uh, so far this season. Pretty happy with that. Um, was hopeful of the clean sweep. Didn't quite get there. The Dallas Cowboys let me down uh, in my final pick of the week. But yeah, three, uh, three nice ones. The Patriots. Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes, two each. I mean, come on. Um, yeah, the New York Jets, plus eight and a half I had against Green Bay Packers. I could have had minus Money eight and a half. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean um, almost just seems like a missed opportunity in hindsight, doesn't it? But still a nice win uh, on the spread. Um, yeah, very happy performance last week. Hopefully I could take that into week seven myself and a winner for yourself as well. Um, Class, yeah. Rondell Moore managed to get one winner through for me, thankfully. Unlucky with uh, the Buccaneers meltdown. Don't know what happened with Mike Evans. Well, Tom Brady in general. They are just not looking good at the moment. And then, yeah, Matt Ryan somehow throws nearly 60 passes and not one interception. So, <laughs> thank I've God no for explanation for that performance. Yeah, <laughs> I have no explanation for. Yeah, Matt Ryan, Matty Ice um, now holds the Indianapolis Colts franchise record for most completions in a game. <laughs> I mean, the house that Peyton Manning built and Matt Ryan holds that record. It's pretty insane. Um, but the NFL is a funny beast sometimes. Um, yeah, very lucky that one, I think. Um, Thursday Night Football was last night uh, as we're recording this. Um, been terrible all year, generally prime time. Lots of points last week. Uh, last, last week, last night even. Um, yeah, what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts on the NFL generally going into this week? Yeah, um... There was a game last night. The real news happened. The Niners have got Christian McCaffrey. Forget TNF. This is the news from last <laughs> night. I'm a Niners fan, massive homer, and wow. One of the best running backs in the game. I love it. I absolutely love it. Yeah, take that, Cardinals fans. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, got to win. M10 does not care. Uh, yeah, McCaffrey, huge news, huge news. Um, it's a fire sale in Carolina, isn't it? It's a real mm-hmm. fire sale. Second of the week, Robbie Anderson uh, moving on uh, to the Cardinals as it happens uh, as well earlier in the week. But yeah, CMC, huge big ticket player. Um, one of the greatest fantasy players I've ever come across, anyone's ever come across. A second, third, fourth, and a fifth round pick for 2024. Um, that's the asking price. That was the price you paid. Um, yeah, we'll speak quite candidly. You as a 49ers fan, what do you think of that value? I think it's worth it. They wanted the first reports came out saying they wanted two, well, multiple first round picks, which they were never ever going to get. So if you think about that, that's good value there. This kind of the way they're valuing it apparently equates to a first round pick, which I guess can be fair. You're looking at our draft, and it all hinges on compensatory picks, which I'm completely fine with. Uh, we're going to get loads, but all these players that have left us in free agency, like Jimmy G as well, he's probably going to leave the team. That's going to give us another third round pick. Think about the coaches. So Robert Sala, Mike McDaniel, that's two third round picks right there. Our defensive coordinator, Domeco Ryans, he's basically, he's very, very much in line for a job come the next coaching carousel. That's going to be another pick coming up as well. I think we're banking on how good we are with building a roster, building our staff that it's not really too much of an issue and for the value it just all hinges on can he stay healthy and the way our medical staff or just the way that we play it fills me with worry that he is gonna play about two games and immediately get injured but i will love those two games 
Yeah, that was my immediate concern, I must admit. Uh, is durability is the issue of Christian McCaffrey? He would be one of the greatest running backs I've ever seen. Uh, he's still, you know, he's up there in terms of like certainly our generation in terms of players we've seen, but yeah, he's just not had enough games really to put himself in the, the top, top, top bracket. Um, yeah, Drew, but the thing with the 49 is obviously Shanahan's offense, he's made kind of diamonds out of nothing in the last few years in terms of, I mean, countless names at running back. Uh, made up superstars like Raheem Mostert, Jeff Wilson, kind of these guys who've just, it's been a carousel, isn't it, running back? Um, I guess there's two arguments, isn't it? There's one argument where you'd go, well, why would the 49ers give up so much for a running back in that system where you don't, because it is a system, you don't necessarily need a guy like that. I guess the counter argument is, looks like you've got a pretty good team this year. The defense is ranking number one in the NFL. You've never had a superstar there. You've never felt like you needed to. What exactly. can Shanahan do with that absolute, you know, big ticket player at, at running back? So it, it's exciting. It's an exciting move. And I think it's exciting. Something for that NFC West, which is a bit all over the place at the minute as well. And just it's kind of, Niners now. Don't worry. We'll be yeah, taking that. Yeah, we'll, we'll, the playoffs. we'll see. It is waiting for someone to kind of grab by the scruff of the neck, isn't it? And this might be the move. If he can stay healthy, we'll, we'll revisit this in future weeks. I think. Okay, then let's get into week seven proper. Let's get into our picks for this week. We're on a little bit of a hot streak. Let's keep this up. I'm going with uh, a few underdogs this week, to be fair. And I'm kicking off with, I think this season's ultimate underdog, to be honest, in the Atlanta Falcons. I've kind of avoided them so far this season. I, I can't avoid them any longer. I, I cannot do it. Um, they are plus six and a half against Cincinnati Bengals this week. At some point, the bookmakers are going to have to stop giving the Falcons so many points because they are an absolute covering machine. They are six and zero oh against the spread in the NFL this season. They're three and uh, three and three proper, uh, which is surpassing expectations. If we're being honest, in this kind of post uh, Matt Ryan era as well. Um, but yeah, six and zero oh against the spread. They're covering every single week. Um, Mad. Well, you love that. You love that. Yeah. Marcus Mario is playing very good football, I think. And there's a, I think there's an element, again, it's not one of those very tangible things, but his stat lines look good. And ultimately, you've got to think about Marcus Mario. This is pretty much last chance saloon for him, isn't it? If he's ever going to be a, a consistent starter in the league, he had to have a decent year this year, um, given this kind of strange season for the Falcons where they're clearly between regimes. Um, but it was a real chance for Mario to kind of shine, and he is. I think I think he's doing a real good job. Um, yeah, the offense has performed pretty well. His rushing attack from the Falcons is crazy. It absolutely it destroyed the Niners, number one ranked D. But we won't talk about that too much. We had eleven starters out, so it's not it's not that deep. But still, <laughs> it was really really good. The zone rushing they've got, sending multiple runners their line one way, the other way, confusing the linebackers, the safeties. It is strong. And that was without Cordero Patterson as well, which most people thought was going to be a real uh, a real problem for the Falcons. It wasn't. Uh, yeah, 28 points they put on the Niners last week. Uh, health performance really was. The Bengals, they ranked 15th, according to PFF in defence, the very middle of the road. Not all that impressive. And more than anything, the Bengals, they put together a few wins, but they play from behind a lot, I feel. I mean, Burrow and, look, Burrow and Chase are so good that they can do what they did last week and they can pull away at the end. That is fair enough. But they do play from behind a lot. And against a team that's very good at covering and sticking with, 
it kind of works out very favourably for the Falcons this matchup. I think it should be a little bit less. I think this handicap, six and a half, is plenty of points for a team that, I'll say again, is six and zero oh against the spread. You're never going to get better justification for a team covering as underdog, I don't think. Um, so yeah, I'll be riding the Falcons against the Bengals. Um, next game I want to look at, and I know you've got a pick in this one as well, is the Cleveland Browns travelling to Baltimore. Uh, I'll let you kick off this one. Yeah, I'm going back to the well of David and Joku. I've paired him up with a touchdown and his yardage line before, but I'm just keeping it simple. I'm going for those yards. Touchdowns are so volatile that, yeah, let's go with what we can absolutely bank on. Since Njoku's week one performance, where he had one target, one catch, seven yards, he's really leveled up in the offense. I've talked about kind of the rise of the target share. That's fully fledged now into a 20% share on the season. And he only trails Amari Cooper for catches on the Browns. He's averaging 57 yards a game. That's inclusive of that week one seven-yard performance. Over his last four games, he's got 78 yards, which is crazy for a tight end. He's only trailing Mark Andrews, Travis Kelsey, and Dallas Goddard. But what I really like about him, why I think he'll hit that yardage line, is he has these big playability. In his last three games, he's gone off for a 33-yard catch, a 38-yard catch, and a 25-yard catch. He's got the ability to get these chunk plays. He's so athletic, fast, strong. He's going to get downfield and... You can get 50 yards for 15 to 8, which I really like. You might look at the Baltimore Ravens defense as tough, formidable. They've got good corners, good safeties, but kind of middle of the pack against tight ends. But you look at their schedule and who they faced. You've got Jets, Dolphins, Patriots, Bills, Bengals, Giants. Apart from maybe Dawson Knox, there isn't really any sort of premier tight end talent that they've had to face. Njoku's so athletic, so he's got a good relationship with Jacoby Brissett. I think 50 yards is easy. You think about these last four games, 78 yards. Just, yeah, take this generous line here. Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, The Browns beat you at the middle. That's what they do. Uh, He's a big part of that. Um, Yeah, I like it. I'm of a similar feeling, I think, in this game. I'm picking the Browns uh, on the handicap. Again, another six and a half line. Um, I wonder if it'll stay there. And um, we're recording this on Friday. I do wonder if whether this one will shift a little bit. Seems a little bit, a little bit strong. Um, look, I mean, the elephant in the room is the Browns were battered by a very good, in my opinion, Patriots team. Um, they've really come out of their show in the last few weeks. Whisper it, Bailey Zappi might be the guy. Um, but he's got three more weeks now. I think Mike Jones with an ankle sprain out of nowhere. It's going to get very difficult to get Matt back in that team potentially. Um, yeah, look. The Patriots, I mean, I picked the Patriots last week. Um, it's because they matched up beautifully against Cleveland. They just do. Look, sometimes the NFL is very much like boxing and matchups are so, so important. The Patriots and the, the Browns, absolutely perfect. Um, and they took a bit of a battering. That, that's probably why the line is where it is. I don't think that was all the Browns are about. I think the more than that, they've had some hard luck stories this year. Chargers, the Jets have lost some tight ones. They've won some games too. They've hung around. Again, talk about matchups. This Ravens matchup for them, I think, is quite nice. I'll take checking PFF earlier. Both offensively and defensively, the Browns are far superior, um, according to most most pundits. Ninth uh, in terms of NFL rank against 29th in terms of defense. He talks about the Ravens being middle of the road in some departments. Maybe not even that, uh, if we're being fair. And offensively, the Browns rank 13th against 24th. Um, that's kind of all the justification you need, especially when you've got six and a half points in your back pocket as well. 
And I think the, the crucial thing with this one is the Ravens obviously coming off a loss as well against the Giants. I would say in terms of the style of play, Giants and Browns are probably about as similar as you're going to get in terms of run heavy. Um, they're going to run the football down your throat. Um, yeah, the Ravens didn't like that last week. So I like the Browns covering this game and they might even they might even threaten the money line. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, no, I fully agree with you. Let's move on to another game where we've both got a shout. I'll kick off and go slightly against your choice, but well... Not too much, so it's okay. It's no, okay. not too much, not too much. <laughs> One thing that I haven't referenced to back up Njoku's point, it is National Tight End Day on Sunday. It's this George Kittle created holiday, but we're going to buy into it, and I'm going for Evan Engram. He's only got 30 and a half yards, which to me, that's really not much. He's really built his way into this offense over these past two weeks. He's had 11 catches off 16 targets for 109 yards. You compare the first four weeks of the season, he had a 12% target share. Over weeks five and six, that's shot up to 25%. We like these upward trends when trying to find out what prices and what lines we should be back in. Throw in that this is a revenge game for Evan Engram, kind of Giants. It was a pro bowler. I mean, shouldn't really have been a pro bowler. It was kind of like one of those Super Bowl substitute or injury <laughs> substitute players. But still, he made it. He never really was that good. He was oh had his best year in his rookie year, I think, and yeah, hasn't done too much since. But he's shown flashes in these past two weeks. Giants D against, well, I mean, Giants in general. Who knows what the hell is going on at the moment? It's every week it's... They're the worst three and one team. They're the worst four and one team. They're the worst five and one team. When does it stop? But against tight ends, we can actually say they're pretty porous. They're allowing the seventh most yards in the league to tight ends, conceding an average of 59 yards to the position. I think you've only got 30 yards for Evan Engram, a 25% target share. I like this a lot. Yeah, and the thing with Evan Engram is a bit of a... um... It's a bit unique in the sense that when they signed him, I mean, you look at, they're quite happy to put him out wide as well. Uh, he's, yeah. yeah, he's a little bit of a dual threat, isn't he? They'll kind of use him as a receiver to a certain extent as well, Evan Ingram. Um, I think they kind of did that because they weren't sure in terms of the receivers they actually brought in in terms of your Christian exactly. and guys like that. Um, so he's got that dual purpose as well, which means more snaps, more opportunities. Uh, I like it, that line's really low. Uh, I think that's really, really strong. And it is a low line, which means he's not going to, potentially would absolutely tear the game open, which means my pick still works as well. So I'm picking yes. the Giants. I'm picking the Giants in this game. Um, the Jags had a great start. Let's be honest, they had a great start to this season. Trevor Lawrence looked really nice. Um, you showed flashes last week as well, but they were a little bit more sparing uh, in loss to the Colts. But it's two straight losses now uh, for the Jags after that strong start. And yeah, you referenced the Giants line. Five and one. The New York Giants, the New York football Giants, five and one. The Jags are two and four for all their kind of early promise. They are two and four at this point. Um, the key for me in this one, I mean, first and foremost, Saquon Barkley is technically questionable. I, I've not seen anything to suggest he won't play, um, but I'll just throw that in there as a caveat. If Saquon Barkley doesn't play for whatever reason between now and Sunday, then, you know, adjust accordingly, of course. But that's just one of those things that's worth mentioning with him having the queue next to his name. I think it's just a uh, precaution. won't be anything. Uh, Daniel Jones is the key. Uh, I think he's been playing great the last few weeks. He's probably playing... I mean, we're not. this is not saying much, but he's probably playing the football of his career <laughs> at this point <laughs> because he's not turned the ball over. That's the crucial thing. Daniel Jones always had a bit of talent, but he was always way too porous in terms of, in terms of turning the ball over. That's where the Jags get you because they're very good in terms of interception stats. They're very good defensively in terms of point scoring. Um, 
But Jones is finally trending in the right direction to looking after the football. That is absolutely key. I'll put a lot of credit down to the head coach. I think there, I think Brian Dabble's done a great, great job with Daniel Jones. It must be him. He's the only kind of moving part Definitely. there. Um, they'll look a very well-coached team. If you can keep the ball out of the hands of the Jags' defence, I think you've got a chance. I think you've got a real chance. Uh, the Giants are underdogs in this game. You can get plus three and a half. I don't get how they're underdogs. It doesn't make any sense to me. Me neither, but for the purpose of this podcast, for the purpose of our tips, I love it because it gives you some real value. Exactly. I was going to just say Giants plus three and a half. I really was until about five minutes before the record time. I looked at the stats again, and there's something really crucial to this game. The records. Giants, five and one. Jags, two and four. Against the spread, the Giants are five and one. The Jags are two and four. (laughs) The spread doesn't matter. The spread doesn't matter in this game. You've got to take money line, I think. With the value there, as underdogs, take the money line with the Giants. You can get a pretty good price. It might even be touching about two to one uh, by Sunday. But even so, anything above even money, really. I like the Giants in this one. Six and one New York Giants. Who on earth would have thought that at the start of the season? I'm all for it. I'm all for it. Have you got one more for us? Yes. Yeah. I'm going to the Houston Texans at the Las Vegas Raiders, and I am taking the two running backs, Josh Jacobs over 81 and a half, paired up with Damian Pierce over 64 and a half. I mean, these these running backs, they are looking amazing. Maybe the two of the most informed running backs in the NFL right now. Both coming off of buys, so they're going to be a little bit rested, a little bit fresher. I'm going to start with Damian Pierce, who he's looking like rookie of the year. He's behind Brees Hall. I got him preseason at 16 to 1. I'll just shout that out right now. He's come down to about 4 to 1, 5 to 1, that sort of range now. Don't really get why his line is only 64 and a half. On the year, he's got 400, 412 yards, but he started off slow and he was sharing with Rex Burkhead. That made me drop him on fantasy football. Probably the worst decision I've ever done <laughs> because now I can't get him back. I, I tried to trade for him and yeah, I was quoted some stupid prices, but he is looking amazing. Over his last three games, he's got 310 rushing yards. That's 103 yards a game. His line is at 64 and a half. He's facing this Raiders D. They're giving up 81 rushing yards per game to running backs. And you think of who the Texans have. Brandon Cooks probably is the only other like dynamic electric player on offense, but it's Davis Mills throwing the ball. You're going to lean into your best players. And, I mean, Damian Pierce is already looking like that. On the flip side, I mean, you're speaking of bad Russian defences. There's nobody worse than the Houston Texans. They are giving up more yards per game to running backs than anybody else. It is 133 just rushing yards. I mean, even more receiving yards. So, yeah, give me some Josh Jacobs. I mean, his resurgence is just a joy to watch. He's back at his very best. I mean, maybe even the best he's been. His, his rookie year was great, and we all thought, all right, here he is. Then he's kind of trailed off, I guess. But, yeah, these last two games in particular, 49 rushes, 298 rushing yards, and three touchdowns. I mean, throw in, I think he had like 60 receiving yards on top of that as well, but I'm going just for the rushing yards here. These are favourable matchups for both of them, and – they're both going to lean into the run. There's really working for the Raiders, takes more pressure off of Derek Carr and Texans. I mean, you just haven't really got anybody else. So yeah, need to go for Damian Pierce here. Bang the over for both of these. And if you pair them up, you can get this at 10 to three, which I think, yeah, that is really nice. I like that a lot. Um, yeah, Pierce, I mean, we talked about him at the start of the season, didn't we? And I'm not seeing he's at this level. I don't, I don't think he'd expect to be at this level, but I'm seeing flashes of kind of that even 
that Jonathan Taylor rookie gear a little bit. Yeah. Some of the, the quote unquote angry runs. There's there's something he's got something special. I think he's he'll look a really good player. And Josh Jacobs, yeah, against that defense. I mean, I mean they don't even have Jack East to be in the building now, so he just they don't even have the Lord <laughs> Texans defense. Uh, they're in trouble. <laughs> um, they're in real trouble, I think, against Josh Jacobs, who's. Yeah, finally hitting that kind of form we kind of hoped he would coming out of college. He was a trade candidate at the start of the year. I mean, well, he's scrambling to keep him now at this rate. Yeah, he always had it, didn't he? He always had it in the locker. Yeah. It's nice to see it actually come to fruition. Definitely. Final game, Ross. MVP candidate. Yeah. Not, not just about <laughs> Gino yeah. Smith. Let's talk. <laughs> Why not? Why not? Uh, yeah, I'm looking at Seahawks charges in the... Uh, 9.25 window, UK time at least. Um, I believe this is the Sky Sports featured game as well. Um, who'd have thought the Seahawks would be in that game in week seven, but funny old league. Um, I'm going with the over in this one. It's a little bit of a high number in 50 and a half um, over there on the West Coast, but I quite like it. Um, two real reasons. Well, a few reasons. Two top 10 offences, ultimately. The Seahawks, third. <laughs> in the league in terms of offense and to, yeah we'll talk about pff rank again and this is not just in terms of straight numbers it's the pff rank as well with kind of everything thrown in third it's, it's insane uh gino smith yeah still ranked near top qp in the league it's insane um and the charges just with all their firepower of course still sitting in that top 10 as well austin eckler hitting that form uh as he well he kind of always showed that promise he's finally kind of hitting it um since kind of week four he's really he's really uh, pushed through um, so you've got two good offences and you've got two pretty leaky poor defences particularly the Seahawks but the Chargers also rank in the bottom half of the league instantly that gives justification to take the over in any kind of game and uh, for this one as well I kind of looked at the Vegas I looked at what Las Vegas is saying I looked at what where the money is going um, in this game the stakes uh, sorry the actual public bets uh, according to the Las Vegas Sportsbox over in America um, 57% of all public bets are on the under uh, in this game. The general consensus is you go against the public. That's, that's what you do, because the public is stupid. That's what happens. 57% are on the under in this game, because they've looked at 50 and gone, no, that's too high. If you look at the actual money being placed, the stakes in this game, 69% in favour of the over. This is the sharp money. Less people are backing that, but higher stakes. They're more confident. Uh, that's really what you'll be looking at uh, in terms of these markets. So, yeah, nearly 70% in favour of the over in this game for the reasons I said. Two good offences, two bad defences. Hopefully, Sky Sports have picked a good game in the 925 window. We get 51 points in this game. I like that. The, I like the secondaries for both of these teams, I mean, Seahawks, they're, they've played more rookies than any other team in the league. And... Yeah, there's got some flashes. Tariq Woolen looks like a really good player, but I think Kobe Bryant, which, I mean, what a name. Where's number eight as well? It's incredible. Yeah, I know. <laughs> he's he's not been fantastic so far. So weak spot there. And then on the charges, I mean, JC Jackson was benched at the end of their last game, last Sunday. He has had a poor start to the year. I mean, I think they rushed him back from injury and it's just not worked out well. But yeah, their secondary, their D in general is just not, not up to it so i like this a lot i cannot believe i haven't checked which the sky sports game is but niners versus chiefs is at nine o'clock i would be what is going on if that is not the sky sports game i mean fair enough there's a lot of seahawks fans but yeah yeah i'm fairly certain it's uh cleveland baltimore at six followed by <laughs> seahawks charges yeah it's uh interesting <laughs> interesting would be the word but yeah 49ers chiefs uh, certainly want to keep an eye on 
obviously one of the best offenses versus the best defense. And that's all we've got time for. Uh, thank you very much for listening once again to the podcast. We hope you had a few winners last week. Hope you have a few more this week. Let's hope so. A big Sunday of action ahead. As I say, keep an eye on these games we've discussed. Uh, and yeah, 49 as Chiefs. I know for a fact Matt will be keeping a very, very close eye on that game. And we'd recommend you do too. Let's go um, CMC. <laughs> is he even going to play? Who knows? Who knows? Uh, but yeah, keep an eye on that one. Um, for my homes uh, we'll see you next week uh, where we'll have all our week eight tips and hopefully we'll reflect on a few winners as well uh, we'll see you then